Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't really have a problem in this context with them dropping J-Dams in neighborhoods. Mm. Like, that fight, and this is a brutal thing to say, but mm. it's true, I don't think it can be settled any way except one side is genocide and the other side's not. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today, former third group operator, Echo and Fox, Clay Martin. How's it going? Good, brother. How about you? I'm living the dream. Um, my balls can't handle too much more of this Texas shifting weather, to be oh, honest. It's terrible. probably worse where you are, actually. Oklahoma gets a bit cooler. It gets a bit cooler, but then you come down here and it's 85 mm-hmm. degrees and I'm like, I'm, I'm dying right now. Yeah. I don't want to play anymore. Um, Echo, I'm told, is the hardest school. Out of the four? Well, you have to actually master the entire Dungeon Master for Dungeons & Dragons. Mm. Uh, you had to be capable of that. Like a 12-sided die, yes. the whole yeah, 24. thing. Yeah. 24. 24. Oh, it's 24? Yeah, yeah fucking yeah. Bravos are 12. So let's, Damn, dude. Yeah. Well, they yeah. can't read. So. <laughs> well, it makes things more difficult. Um, I don't know that Charlies can read either, but they can blow shit up, which is cool. That's right? true. They like they to know, tell you that. They know enough to blow shit up, so I'm, I'm down with that. So how did you t- – tell me about uh, your upbringing. Where, how, what got you into the military? <sighs> Man, that was a – so I'm a you know grew up in a small Texas town, mm-hmm. little little tiny town up in the uh, Panhandle, and it was kind of one of those things I always wanted to do. It was like uh, want to be that guy. Uh, I'm going to say mostly, if we're being perfectly honest with each other, it was about probably being being small when I was little. I was mm-hmm. a little tiny guy until I was like uh, like 18 or 19. I'm talking like under five feet tall when I started high school. Oh shit! Yeah, like 95 pounds. And shit. Are you like part Guatemalan or something? <laughs> right, grew later. Just tiny people. Right, tiny people. So. Uh, you know, a lot of it, if we're being totally honest, was that that tough guy experience. Like, you know, I am this now, and I want to be that, and this is the path that you walk to get there. Um, why, why army? Why special forces, and not seals or raiders or something else? Well, it was actually my second choice. Mm. Yeah, so I did uh, my first five years in the Marine Corps. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was uh, a recon marine back before we had raiders. Yeah, uh, scout sniper in Mother Corps, and. Uh, Basically, they had the best commercials. We're being, you know, fighting dragons and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, dude, the propaganda is off the chart. You got to admit that shit. Yeah, it's not bad. They're yeah. the only ones that do it right. The army's like, oh, there's 260 ways to be a soldier. Exactly. And then it's like, there's one way to be a marine, and it's to fucking murder people. <laughs> right. It's right. like, all right, I take B every time there. What the fuck are you talking and, about? And now you're a cook. Like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, it really is true. Uh, especially, you know, back then, pre war, you go talk to a recruiter. Mm. They didn't know shit about it. When did you join? 1998. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 98. Yeah. So, uh, you know, back then, recruiters didn't... There was none of this cool stuff. Mm. Uh, the recruiters were all idiots. Like, if you went to an army recruiter and asked him about, like, Ranger Battalion or SF, he'd be like, well, have we told you about the college money yet? Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, same thing, the, uh, the Navy recruiters were... They had a you know, seal book this big, like, here's all the cool stuff. But if you had a high GT score, they were more trying to push you into uh, nuclear submarine bullshit, mm. which I don't want to do. Yeah. Uh, the Air Force, I mean, let's be real, it just doesn't exist. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of became a Marine thing. Yeah. And what made you uh, – did, did you have a break in service, or did you go lateral from the Marine Corps to the Army? Oh, man. I, uh, I 
<laughs> Have you had a Marine on yet that would talk about the early years of the GWAT? Um, I don't know that. I think most of my buddies who are, uh, well, no. The answer is no. Let me, without flashbanging my former service, let, mm. me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me do the abbreviated version of how that story goes real quick. So uh, everybody at this point knows that there's a MARSOC and it's under SOCOM. It's all mm. cool shit. Well, before that, we were not. And here's why. Because the Marine Corps is a bunch of cocksuckers. Mm. And uh, when SOCOM was formed in 1986 by the Goldwater-Nichols Act, the Marine Corps Commandant stood up and was like, hey, man, my guys are already special. Uh, we have a, uh, I believe it was a MEF with like, uh, you know, we can do hostage rescue and yeah, airplanes yeah. and all this bullshit. You, and you, they were they were slicing on Muse and stuff to do special activities. Well, they, they actually slapped that word special operations capable on the backside. This mm. is why. Yeah. Because the Marine Corps did not want to give up its dudes. Uh, and the Goldwater Nichols Act, the formation of SOCOM, actually comes from Desert to One. J- to JSOC, you mean? They didn't want to give up dudes to JSOC? Like lose command of them? Correct. Yeah. Yes. That makes yes. sense. Yeah. So the, the whole reason the SOCOM was formed because of the Desert One debacle anyway. You had all that you know, crazy stuff with the uh, hostage rescue in Tehran. It was a clusterfuck. These two senators or congressmen or whatever got together and were like, never again. We're going to have a unified command for special mm-hmm. boy stuff. And it is what it is, and everybody will play ball. Well, they gave the Marine Corps an exclusion to that uh, because they allegedly had all this stuff, right? So that was fine for, I don't know, most of the 90s. And there was a lot of weird stuff going on back then, too. You know, SOCOM was not like we think of it today with, like, all of its positions filled. There was still some jockeying for position. But it very much became, like, the Marine Corps against everybody else. So by the time the, uh, the global war on terror starts, if I look at my highest command level as a recon Marine, we have a, a lieutenant colonel. And SOCOM has, like, a four-star or four a three-star, mm. two-stars. Yeah. And uh, so we just got absolutely hosed in the first part of the When this is all shit that, like, as a young guy, you don't understand either. Mm. You know, it's not, like, it's not like I was, you know, at the fucking recruiter's office going through the uh, SOCOM table of organization. But uh, we got absolutely just dealt with. And uh, because of that, this is actually why there's a MARSOC today. Some, I mean, ungodly number of recon Marines left, like, like 60%, 60-70% uh, just bailed. And uh, so due to they became contractors, mm. I went to Special Forces Selection. There was like seven or eight other recon Marines I haven't mm. seen in years like from around the country. Like, hey, what are you doing here, buddy? And uh, so that was kind of the way that we all went. It makes sense. I mean, it kind of swung after after you left, it kind of swung in the other direction. By 2006 or so when Marsac right. was fully stood up, there was no oversight. Like my buddy Joel was there. And uh, they he somebody put the wrong uh, uh, what do you call it uh, the serial number for a product what the fuck they call it uh, NSN NSN number yeah. put the wrong NSN number and fucking Kiowas and crates started showing up they're like oh Holy we don't have any pilots here dude <laughs> like they're folded up and shit in big ass crates and they're like oh fuck Lance <laughs> corporals out there stealing yeah, parts yeah, for yeah. Honda Civic yeah. and shit yeah and it was like uh, they, they also the structure at the time also there was no a, there was no alpha billet. So they just right. rotated random officers through right. there. Fucking dumb, man. I mean, for an organization that has the most motivated people, you're, the, the infrastructure is fucking retarded. Oh, it was completely, and, uh, completely fucking insane. I don't know how it is now. I know some. I know that there are some O's that people like. Yeah. Um, but the v- majority of O's that I've run into, both personally and, and secondhand, are like careerist like, exactly. award chasers. I'm like, yeah. dude, that, that's not the Marine Corps. But right. Jesse Puller never chased awards. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? No, exactly. He had a couple, but he never fucking chased them. <laughs> right. Um, that's that's weird to me. So what year did you go to selection? 
2003. So we all got stop loss to go to Iraq first yep. time with the Evan Marine Corps. I uh, came back, got out in like June or July 2003, and I was in selection by October. And what made you decide to go to the Echo course, or did they choose that for you? <laughs> I mean, you get a wish list, but... No, as a... Uh, so most of us, when we made the shift from the Marine Corps, because I didn't know shit about being in the Army, right? And that's actually a little bit scary. Like, if you fuck this up, you're going to be in the Army. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that could be Just terrible. regular dick. So a whole lot of us actually, like, the, the West Virginia National Guard became, like, the feeder for dudes out of Lejeune to go to uh, Bragg. So we joined the uh, the National Guard SF, uh, a whole bunch of us, and so so that was a, that was the transition phase. Okay, and uh, so you you make it through. You go to uh, third group. Well, actually, I make it through immediately. Deploy with nineteenth group. Uh, we even like skip graduation shit because our battalion was actually mm-hmm. downrange. Uh, while I'm on that that deployment, there's kind of a, a special piece of paper that you can get if you're deployed as an SF guy mm-hmm. in the reserves. If you're deployed to a war zone or whatever, mm. and it makes it like the magic ominous dominus, now you can be on active duty with no bullshit. So mm. from there, I went to third group. Cool. And then uh, what was third group is the lone group remaining, I guess, at, at Bragg or whatever they're calling it now, right? Oh, God, I was just back there for a funeral. It's uh, They changed all the fucking signs. Like day yeah. one, man, they changed all the signs, Fort Liberty, whatever bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it'll always be Bragg to me. But, yeah, mm. we're, the, we're the last one standing. Yeah, I don't give a shit. What Alvin Bragg did or said. Me neither. I don't. I don't care about him. Nobody gives a fuck like, who he I is. I don't have a painting of him in my fucking house, dude. That's the name of the fucking base. You I know don't even mean? know if there was a, a memorial to. Uh, and it wasn't Alvin Bragg. It's the uh, the DA from New York. It was. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The other the other Confederate fucking jackass, whatever his name his was. Fucking name. I don't even think there was a fucking memorial on Fort Bragg. I, if there was, I never saw one. Uh, but yeah, so they changed all that shit. Now it's you know hundred years ahead. Braxton Bragg. That's Braxton it, Bragg. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know who that guy is. I don't remember. So, you know, when you go to, uh, it's probably not true for SF, but in the 82nd, when you go to any sergeant board, mm-hmm. you have to know the entire history of the base of right. the the battles we've been in, the Medal of Honor recipients, and so on. I don't remember ever hearing about Bragg, ever. Fucking me neither. Um, so whatever. That's, that's pretty gay. Very um, gay. <clears throat> so you get the third group, and uh, how long were you there? Oh, shit. Seven years? Seven years. Roughly. Seven. So how much total time did you do? Fifteen years. Fifteen. What made you decide to get out instead of... I didn't. Mm. Yeah, I board? got... So uh, I got banged up pretty bad in 2007. Mm. I'm already riding on a two vertebrae that I broke in a parachute jump when I was like 20 or 21. Uh, so it was one of those weird times. I don't know if, I don't know if you were around, around then, but around... I don't know, like 2012, 2013, the first thing they started doing was going through Obama's running mm. shit. They started going through everybody's medical records. Oh, yeah. And this is from like, yeah, from like fucking Coscom up and uh, looking for reasons to DX dudes. So I got med boarded right then. And uh, at the time, I was extremely pissed off about it. But what I didn't realize is I actually got off easy because the next year is where they started doing the QMP boards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew dudes all the way up like the uh you know the the, the special operator uh, tier list they're having to go and defend themselves for like getting a fucking page 11 when they were a goddamn ranger private 20 years ago uh and some of those dudes you know got axed no retirement nothing get the fuck out well you know i guess at the time um we didn't really need soldiers that much because we were just dropping bombs on weddings and shit right, 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 um right. and I, that's a good segue actually uh 
I don't think so. I know uh, we we my collective group of friends has probably spent a thousand years in war. You know right. what I mean? It's a ridiculous yeah. amount of experience right. in war. Yes. And um, you know everybody's got their own opinions on things. I suppose especially when it comes to politics. Most of the guys I know don't give a fuck about politics, but they're, you know, it's that those are the people that I'm really curious about uh, regarding how they feel about certain styles or certain tactical styles in combat. I've been talking to a lot of people, and I've personally been talking a lot, a lot about um, how Israel is prosecuting the war against Hamas right now, right? right? <clears throat> and... It's fucking retarded that I even have to say this, but obviously Hamas is the bad guy. I don't know why I fucking have – like you can't criticize or, or – you know, I, here what I won't do is armchair quarterback the individual soldier, but from the tactical level, from the command, I think everybody should be criticizing that, right, because that's how you get better. You know, in a team right. room, if the alpha says some stupid shit, I, I fucking hope – the senior NCO says, get the fuck out of here, sir. We got this. You know what I mean? Because that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, but I think, uh, I, and I'd like your opinion on this too. My position is that we I've taken rockets and indirect fire literally hundreds of times. Right. Right. And not once did we, and it almost exclusively came from neighborhoods. Right. right? Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. Not, not once did we say drop a JDAM on that neighborhood. You know right. what I mean? I understand this is a different situation, tunnels. Yep. A long history of whatever the fuck, uh, and just you know, Hamas is certainly fully willing to use human shields. There's no question about that. And they kidnap. So most likely they've fucking done this before. Yeah, yeah. They also kidnap and murder babies, which you know, look, we're not. There's no moral equivalence between these two situations. But me personally, as a gunfighter, I'm not comfortable dropping bombs on neighborhoods. I would rather put myself at risk and go into the fight, frankly. How do you feel about that? Because not everybody agrees with me. Man, I'd say that I don't. And uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you, too. This this particular Israel-Hamas conflict has been such a, a goat rodeo from day one that uh, it's, it's actually kind of hard to follow. And uh, to be perfectly honest, also, I've ignored a lot of this one just because of the propaganda oh, on yeah. front of, like, yeah. after, basically. Like, after, I don't believe the, pa- the the Palestinian fucking health organization puts out numbers. I'm like, all right, cool. Man. No shit. Yeah, you like, that may on. as well be written in crayon. That, well, that's like getting an AR from the Taliban where you destroy 35 <laughs> yeah. tanks. Like, yeah. there's not 35 tanks in this you fucking don't even country. Have yeah, yeah, no, tanks, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, but I think we've seen a fair amount of propaganda from the Israeli side, too, sure, yeah. which... At this point, just basically after Ukraine and Snake Island, I don't believe any of this shit anymore. Uh, so I've been, I've been kind of ignoring it. But I don't really have a problem in this context with them dropping JDAMs in neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like, that fight, and this is a brutal thing to say, but mm-hmm. it's true, I don't think it can be settled any way except one side is genocide and the other side's not. So pick who you want to win. Well, what are the sides, though? Oh, fuck. Israel, Hamas, Palestinian citizens whoever else is involved syrian militias because if you follow that to its logic logical conclusion that we've got to bomb we've got to take out iran as well completely right i think iran would let hamas get pushed into the sea and just let it ride this time that's kind of that's kind of my feeling on it i don't know that for a fact Mm -hmm. but that's kind of how it feels this time it's uh it's this is a very hard position to be in also as like a, one of us. Like mm-hmm. we obviously, we all have worked with the IDF before. Yeah. We probably got some buddies over there. Oh yeah, I got buddies there now. Yeah. yeah. If we're kind of looking at this as just generally good guys, bad guys, it's probably going to be the Israelis or our boys. Sure, yeah. Uh, and we just also kind of don't like Hamas because they remind us of the guys that we fought for 20 fucking years. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's truth. Well, I mean, it, it, anytime there's two groups of people and one of them, I, this may be like a banal 
maybe like subtle distinction to some people, but people who are okay with civilian casualties versus people who do it on purpose, that's two different groups of people to me. I agree with that too. Right? Yes. Like I, yes. I know, I know it's, they're both not great. Yes. Right. But one is clearly worse. Right. And I we've agree. fought people that do that before. We have. A lot. And it's yes. never like, it, it's always the worst people who do that. It's the Nazis. It's the fucking, this you is know, true. the Russians. It, it's, it's, you know, assholes yes. that, that behave that way. Right. But people, you can tell everything you need to know about us culture by how they protect the people that need protecting, right? Fair. Instead That's absolutely of using fair. them as whatever the fuck. So anyways. Right. But, you know, if we, even if we take this back 20 years, I have friends that would be alive today if we had dropped more JDMs on neighborhoods uh, or fucking artillery bra- or something ridiculous like 500-pound dummy bombs. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, was any one of my friends worth... 10,000 Iraqi civilians. Mm-hmm. And uh, my personal belief is no. So it's, it's a brutal way of looking at things, mm-hmm. but I can understand the Israelis' position of let's not risk any of our dudes. Yeah. Like, fuck it, let's just blow this whole thing up. I get it, but you can't claim the moral high ground. No, but I don't think you should be trying to claim the moral high ground war anyway. Do you want to win or not? Sure, yeah, but there's a way to win, right? Well, there's always a way to win. You want to win with a lower cost or a higher cost? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, so I the, the counterpoint to my personal opinion about this is uh japan right like we did an assessment of japan in 1945 we're like they're not going to quit right ever yeah so we've got to nuke two of their cities you know what i mean <laughs> there was a couple civilian casualties in yeah. that one about right. 140,000 <laughs> right. over the course of 20 minutes or so right, right. or dresden for that matter yeah uh you you, know, you can back this up a lot of places mm. uh yes but we didn't have the precision or technical or tactical capabilities we do now back then, right? That's true. So I think you have to take that into consideration. I was talking to somebody about this earlier today um, about, you know, people – like there's there's a lot of rockets still being fired, actually. Oh, sure. But none of them are getting through because the Iron Dome is pretty good. Right. Under the worst circumstances, like the opening salvo of the war, thousands of them, it's still over well over 90% effective, right? So what is the inherent risk exactly? Like the, you, you say – not you, but like right. someone, someone so, might say that they're still firing rockets from this location, so we have to bomb. It's like okay, but you know for a fact those rockets aren't going to land anywhere. So is that still that's still that's not an intrinsic risk anymore? It's kind of the point, though. Like, what's the know, point that you can fucking have this technology right. to create some standoffs so you can do more precise things? And it's not just about having the moral high ground. Ultimately, it's about is this conflict going to escalate into the rest of the region right which is very possible yeah yes which we don't want not, no and not only not only do we not want it to escalate when i say we i mean you and me you, i think you our and, government yeah. might but yeah, you know, that's neither here nor there um but the we're really close with the abraham accords i've been talking about this for about three years now since it first started with when kushner went over there but we very clearly targeted the richest countries in the middle east and and had appeasement or peace deals between them and Israel, Bahrain, UAE, Qatar, Kuwait, um, and Saudi Arabia was the last chip to fall. Jordan and then Saudi Arabia right. was the last wealth, super wealthy country in the Middle East. That once those people are on board, right? And yeah. and to be fair to MBS, Saudi Arabia has been shooting down rockets. You know what I mean? Headed towards Israel. Right. I don't, I don't know if people are aware of that in public, but that's been happening, right? And they're still at the negotiating table for this thing. I think that's the bigger picture, right? So, yeah, from a from the gunfighters' perspective, I wouldn't. I I don't want to see my friends get fucked up, right? But from you know 
somebody that's going to have kids and looking around at other kids that are going to join the military I also don't want this war being fought at a grander scale 20 years from now so it's like is my life worth stopping that shit from happening probably yes but i don't get to make that decision for other people either right I mean, you can even back that up to another logical conclusion. But how do I break the Palestinians' will to fight and uh, stop them from supporting Hamas? And this is always the fine balance point of, of counterinsurgency. Yeah. Enough carrot and enough stick. Yeah. Uh, Russian method would be all stick. Yeah. A lot of times our method would be entirely too much fucking carrot. Yeah. There has to be that, that, that balance point. Uh, yeah. And it, that's really also a cultural question for the Palestinians. Like. Are they the people that are going to react to these bombings and uh, all their shit being blown up mm. and uh, force Hamas out? Or is this going to harden their will? And that's that's always a fucking dice roll, man. Yeah, it is. And I don't, I mean, to be honest, I don't give a fuck about Palestine as a Maybe state or an organization or whatever it is. I don't care about that. I mean, it, it's. I don't want innocent people to get fucked up, but Palestine specifically, there's a... There is a reason that every Middle Eastern country has kicked them out. Qatar kicked out almost 300,000. I'm sorry, uh, Kuwait in 1992, yeah. I think, kicked out almost 300,000 of them because they fomented in, they foment insurrection no matter where they go. Egypt kicked them all out. The only place they still exist other than, uh, <clears throat> other than Gaza and the West Bank is Jordan and Lebanon, where they have no rights. They can't be doctors, well, they can't get personal certifications, they can't buy property, so on and so forth. Isn't right? that also because in Jordan in the 70s, they tried to foment a rebellion there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Which is so, funny because Jordan was Palestine. Transjordan, the country of Transjordan, right, that right. was that whole area. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Um, and look, yeah, just like with the Ukraine-Russia situation in NATO, we've handled this very poorly. Oh, fuck. Right, we've oh, instigated yes. the fuck out of everything, but... Um, yeah, I don't care about Palestine existing or, or a two-state solution or any of that bullshit because the people who have the most to benefit from that don't care about it. So that right. tells you something, right? Exactly. It's either I, – I, I fully believe that America wants to keep this war going forever so they can make money. I have no yeah. question, no doubts about that. I don't believe that Egypt and Saudi Arabia want that. Right, because it fucks up their day-to-day life, especially modern. It's in their backyard. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, there, that, there was no definitely a time where Egypt would be pushing for this to go on, but not I, now. I don't believe They're, that now, not for like Egypt 20 is years. so fucking. Ever since the Arab Spring, nobody even knows who runs that country anymore. You <laughs> right, know what I mean? Included. Uh, yes. uh, they, well, they don't know. They're, right. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I'm shocked there isn't a military coup every other week. But right. um, the people who have the most to lose, and I don't mean the two involved. I don't mean right. Palestine and Israel. I mean Egypt. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, so on and so forth, have no concern for the Palestinians. Oh, of and, course and, not. And, no, they're, those and, are bonds to be Their so-called plight, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, and you, you, can, you add that to the fact that they've been kicked out of all these places. <clears throat> I don't know what to think about that. I mean, I don't like to monolith people. It's not like Me neither. Some, no. some Palestinians did some stuff, and now everybody hates them. It's like, I'm not getting on board with that. Right. But the cause is not the people. You know what I mean? The cause of they, – they don't want a two-state solution. No. Palestine no. doesn't want that. No, they don't. From the river to the sea doesn't mean a two-state solution. It means in the sea or in the Jordan River, but not right. on our land, right? That's how they feel about it. That's not uh, – it is what it is, man. I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's certainly a complicated situation, but I, my, my concern is that Israel was getting really close with Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. right? And – Iran sees this. They launch this attack. There's no question about that, in my opinion. They launch this attack, and then 
Israel is doing exactly what they hoped, uh, exactly what Iran hoped they would do. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't if if your enemy is trying to get you to do something, you shouldn't do it. Right. I don't need to quote Sun Tzu <laughs> here. Right, right. It just seems like a tactical mistake to me. I understand that they're angry and full of rage and they have the right to revenge. They have the right to defend themselves. There's no question about that. But it would have been nice if somebody on 912 would have calmed us down a little bit. Oh, man. Instead of us passing the Patriot Act and oh, fuck. spending $8 trillion on p- bullshit wars and killing a million civilians. You know hey, what I mean? This episode is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros. Ghostbed. It's the best bed in the world. It's the most comfortable. Sheets, pillows, the whole thing. I've got them all, man. And, you know, they wanted to extend their best possible offer to Drink It Bros. They've been with us for a very long time. So this is the email they sent us. We want Drink It Bros to get the best offer. So I updated the code for 50% site-wide. That's 50% site-wide. Use the code Drinkin' Bros. Drinkin' Bros with no G. For 50% off site wide everything that you buy on this site is going to be 50 percent off again they get the best pillows sheets mattresses they get the mattress protector uh if you're if you're sloppy and spill things and you don't want to jack up your mattress they have pretty much everything you need they've got weighted blankets now they've got the adjustable base which we really like i've got one in my home so go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros use the code drink it bros for 50 percent off site-wide and don't forget about their pay-as-you-go plan if you're with approved credit you're going to be able to pay this thing off over the course of three to five years for 25 to 35 bucks a month it's nothing go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros today and use the code drinker bros for 50 percent off this episode is also brought to you by blackriflecoffee.com the best coffee in the world as a matter of fact they won both the gold and bronze medal at the golden bean awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category. So the best coffee on earth literally was Circus Bear by Black Rifle, one of their ECS. So I recommend that you go sign up for the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. And, uh, you know, you get all the benefits from being in the coffee club. You get the free shipping. You get access to all the partner deals. Uh, uh, you get access to the exclusive coffee club. You get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does. You know, it's a very large club that they have over there. And the coffees are premium. Every single one of them is good. Uh, you, you're going to get experience for you. You can do just the plain coffee club. And if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silencer smooth or whatever it is you drink, you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather, you can use the ECS, the exclusive coffee club, and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like. You know what I mean? So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and they're buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something, do whatever you want. Um, use the code CITIZEN, you're going to get those points off. This episode is brought to you by First Form dot com forward slash citizen free shipping on all orders over 75 dollars when you use the link and you're not going to spend less than 75 bucks i mean they get the best products in the world especially the optigreens you know me i don't eat vegetables um because they're fucking pointless so i supplement with optigreens 50 from first form it is precisely formulated green superfood powder 
meant for overall immune system support and digestive health. It's really good aside from just getting the daily greens into your body that you need and make sure, by the way, you're taking this with MCT because you have to take anything like this with MCT. 80% of your immune system is located in your gut and your digestive tract, right? So healthy digestion is essential for overall health and wellness, not to mention that most of your serotonin, I think 96% of your serotonin or 94% is made in your gut as well. So you're gonna be in a better mood. You're gonna feel better physically and you're gonna feel better mentally if you are taking these greens. OptiGreen 50 has 50 chosen ingredients, uh, effectively dosed. It's not necessarily how many ingredients there are, though, but it's, a, it's about the right amount of each. Taste and texture, not like no other product in the market. It's not gritty. It doesn't have a weird flavor. It's got sweet berry flavors, actually. Uh, 100% of the greens are all grown and manufactured inside the United States, and they are bioavailable. Now, they've got other products as well. They've got the Microfactor, which you see behind me on every show, uh, and I take them every day. You know, you got essential fatty acids, CoQ10, you get all the stuff you need in one little packet for your daily vitamin pack. And you mix that, you, you make yourself uh, uh, OptiGreens 50 shake, and you, and you take those pills with it, and you're going to improve your life precipitously. You're going to feel better, you're going to look better, so on and so forth. So go to firstform.com, that's 1-S-T-P-H-O-R-M.com forward slash citizen, use the code, you're going to get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. And the, the most painful thing about that is also, you know, I was, uh, what, 20, 21, just barely 21 when that happened. And, you know, a uh, Marine, a uh, Patriot Act, like, fucking thumbs up, like, everything's yeah. awesome, we need but this. if you don't have anything to hide, then what's yeah, your problem? Yeah, we, we got to right fight now. terrorism. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, probably my mid-30s where I'm like, oh, fuck, that was not good. That was, that was, that was awful. But, yeah, I was manipulated just like everyone else. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. So how do you how do you map that onto this current conflict? You know what I mean? Because there, there's like so much. It's not even a dichotomy. There's 80 parts of me here. Right. Like yes. I, if as a if I was a member of the IDF, particularly one that was living in Israel at the time, I would be smoking everybody. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. No question. But it's yeah. like again, imagine yourself out in public with a group of your friends, and something happens to you, and you get hot. Your friend's job is to make sure you don't do anything fucking stupid. Correct. Right. And I I. I don't consider the state of Israel our ally or our friend, but I think the people are. Yeah, people are cool, right? yeah. Right. I like them. I've worked with them quite a yeah. bit. I know a bunch of them. Uh, I have some family over there. It's like, those are my friends. I want you guys to do the right thing here. Well, I think the thing you have to realize is, uh, just like us, though, their government sucks. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it may be. Well, it's it's not worse than ours. It it's it's definitely up there. It's it's uh, Well, yeah. that's not true because Netanyahu was trying to end the fucking the, the, the judicial branch of government. Yeah, no shit. Right? right? Yeah, no. That... <laughs> I think that's the thing that's very hard for people to separate right now is uh, because if you say anything anti-Israel, anti-Semite, and you hate you oh, know, yeah. this bullshit, yeah. that's not true at all, man. Uh, the same way that I can understand people that like us as like, you know, Americans, but they hate our government because it's, it's awful. Yeah, uh, right well, it's, here's what it's I've always terrible. said. It's like <clears throat> if a house is on fire and you're trying to put out the fire, it doesn't make you anti-house. Right. And, and that's a really right. stupid fucking way to think about life, too, right. to be honest. No, it is. Yeah, but uh, I honestly think the thing that you have to do right now is take a, a step even, I don't know, this next level is past strategic view, mm -hmm. with the, you know, the million foot view. Be like, let me take all my emotions out of this bullshit. Let me look at this. What do I think is actually going on? And what do I think is like the worst possible outcome and, and the worst possible setup for mm -hmm. this? 
And it has nothing to do with the IDF guy on the ground or, honestly, the poor fucking Hamas dickhead with an AK-47 and two rounds in a magazine uh, or whatever bullshit they've got. It has to do with what games are the governments playing or, for that matter, the people above the governments Mm -hmm. are manipulating the governments like pawns. And that... That presents to me like a an absolutely horrifying scenario, but I mean, fuck, it might be the one, without getting you know completely tinfoil hat. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's a good question. I don't know how you, I I really don't know how you separate the two, to be yep. honest. Um, like, is it there? There's right and there's reasonable. I guess it's like it's right to question this stuff. It's right to have conversations about it. Is it reasonable to expect that? these you know kind of quasi totalitarian governments are going to bend at all right i don't know man i mean i <clears throat> i don't know that we've ever seen it in, in anything in history that suggests that um the regular folk from two countries are just going to look at their governments and say no when a war breaks out i don't that know is, is that un- that is unfortunately true for I'm the not most sh- part. i'm not sure that's ever happened to be honest fuck man you got me scratching my head <laughs> maybe when the germans and America are the Germans and the British were singing Christmas songs to each other over the lines one time. Yeah, okay, that's fair. It didn't last, right? Uh, Right, right. How about when uh, Romans stopped joining the legions that it was all foreigners? Yeah, yeah. That was not really the same thing, but kind of, yeah. Who somebody just the other day was pointing out though that it's uh, I think it was uh, Mr. Burlingame on uh, Twitter mm. is pointing out that it's very common for revolutions to happen right after a military defeat. Uh, also though, so yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that plays into this with any of the the pieces on the board, but it is uh, something to put in the back. Of your well, mind. I wonder what we're gonna do, right? Because I, it seems like it seems like the West is marching towards war right now. Oh, right? Yes. somehow. Um, and it's it's a sign of weakness. I've been talking about this for years as well. It's just like uh, insecurity is the reason that people have to flex. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Tr- tr- <laughs> you say what you want about Trump, but straight up threatening people with nukes is pretty effective, to be honest. <laughs> right. Especially when you've got that haircut. People are like, this dude doesn't care if he lives or dies. <laughs> he gives you know what I mean? He gives uh, yeah. And it worked, too. We, we killed. So I'm trying to think of a of a one-for-one one comparison. We killed Soleimani. That would have been like killing the Joint Chief. Right. The, the chairman of the Joint yeah, Chief. Yeah, no, it was crazy. crazy. Right? And they didn't do a fucking thing about it. Right. Right. Because he was like, step up and get some more. Yeah. That's, there's, there's something to be said about doing that stuff, to be honest, and doing it in a way. We, I think we used the switchblade on him, too. We did. No, that was totally cool. Mm. Explain the switchblade for, for our casual military viewers. Because <laughs> it's it's, it might be the fucking coolest weapon that we have. Now, this was after my time, so I only know about it mm. from open source stuff, too. But effectively, it's a, a point-fire Hellfire missile that, I mean, by point-fire, I mean, like, hits a person in a car. Like, yeah. it's, it's aimed at, like, yeah. a human being-sized thing. And it's got these, like, three-foot-long blades on it, so it's like a fucking flying Ginsu knife. <laughs> zero, almost zero collateral damage yeah. outside of, like, say, a Honda Civic-sized area, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. But uh, we'll take a person into little bitty parts. Yeah. I mean, they found him in pieces. Remember the hand with the finger? The yeah, hand the with ring? the finger. Yeah, I think cool. they found his dick, too. Right, right. It's like... That, that'll put the uh, fear of whatever god you believe in into you. That's, that's for <laughs> I saw, sure. I saw some dude's wall as the trophy, like literally. But why doesn't uh, – I, I wonder if Israel has that as well. I would be perfectly happy giving them those things, to be honest. I'm sure that they do, but they're expensive, and they require much better intelligence to use for targeting. Well, we've got 
we we have ground penetrating radar from C one thirties right now, and I understand you don't want to fly them over an active war zone too low, right. but I can't imagine the service to air capabilities in Gaza are really good right now. They don't have stingers and shit. They may have RPGs, but that's a good luck with that. Are we sure they don't? Well, we'll see. Yeah, I, right. I haven't seen them yet, but we lost a couple <laughs> right. in Afghanistan, and I'm, there's rumors that they made their way down there. I'm we wouldn't. might have left some shit in Afghanistan too that uh, Iran's good at copying. Like, yeah. I mean, considering some of the other shit that I saw, like with my own eyes, yeah, for, yeah. yeah. It's we'll, we'll see, but I, I mean, there's there's ways around that stuff. I think I, I don't know. Per, like, I would, I personally would never be comfortable. If I'm looking over the hill on into a city that we've got to go fucking uh, raise, I wouldn't be thrilled with the idea of dropping bombs on it instead of going in myself. That's me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't give a fuck about being alive. Um, it's probably true, actually. But it, I don't know. I don't expect everybody to think that way. And Israel, you know, they so from from a tactical level, I think they see themselves as a finite. Uh, uh, resource, right? Which they should, yeah. yes. Yeah. Especially if there's a risk of a wider regional war. Yeah. Like you're going to risk, uh, you know, 10% of your your dudes fighting the idiot Palestinians mm. when very possibly, you know, Iran's going to drive tanks over the border. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure that's a concern that they're worried about is over-deploying ground troops and then right. getting overrun. But I, I think, I don't think that's, everybody knows that the U.S. would get involved at that point. Like we've already got, we we said that we were targeting yes. Syria and Lebanon because they were sending stuff towards our but, troops. That's not true at all. But, we've we've got our like fucking right. two Delta squadrons are parked off the coast right, right now. But the particular problem that you have to always think like an Israeli is: Will the Americans really come and help us? Which we've shown that we're going to. We will, well, and we're, I don't doubt that we would either. We what? we are also you, showed the are fucking you bet your life on that. Yeah, we also showed that we'll fuck you over. Right, you know right. what I mean? We'll pull Mountain out and yards. Good uh, luck, but, yeah. All the Iraqi oh, yeah. commandos, everybody that was our boy in Afghanistan. The, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Well, not not just them, but the Kurds too. We fucked oh, them over fuck. like three yeah, times. Yeah, like now. twenty years. Yeah. yeah Nobody remembers the Monte Yards, the the hill people. Yeah. Fucking just like, all right, we got to get on these helicopters. Good luck with <laughs> your good luck with your bad luck or here. Good good. Uh, sorry about your bad luck. Man, yeah, this is fucking rough. Um, what else? What else do you uh, get up to these days? You're retired from the military. What else are you doing these days? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm retired. I've got uh, two boys, five and seven, because uh, I like to start late. Mm-hmm. So that is a that is a lot of time right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're uh, when you're forties and dealing with uh, with kids of that age with all their high energy stuff is uh, it takes it takes some doing. Keeps you young though, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps you young, gives you gray hair, whichever one we want to go with. That's um. And you're running some. You're running a training uh, facility of some sort, but it's not just. It's not a facility so much. You like do digital stuff, and then what else you right. got going on? So I had this. Uh, I had this kind of epiphany about a year ago. Of uh, okay, so the people. There's a lot of people that can't afford to train. Can't go to like classes mm-hmm. and shit. Right? They just can't. Classes are expensive. Ammo is expensive. You know, you're looking at easy two thousand dollar weekend if you got to travel. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. It's, it's it's expensive, man. It just is. On top of which, a mini, I've got clients at the other end of the spectrum, too, a lot of whom, they have the money to train and go to classes and buy ammo and all this other shit, but they don't have the time because they live somewhere like in the middle of Austin. So they're really going to drive to the range an hour every day away, train, pack their shit back mm-hmm. up and go home. No, they don't have time for that shit. So I came to this conclusion that we could very easily, uh, with airsoft guns, teach drills in the garage that translate directly to live fire drills on the weekend. So... Mm-hmm. And this also comes from, uh, oh, man, I can't remember his name now. You ever follow the uh, Japanese kid? And, like, I think it was, year, it was 2012. 
uh, this kid came over. He'd never touched a real gun in his life. Mm. Trains for 30 days and then wins the steel challenge. Beats Casey Asibio by like half a second. No, I've not heard that. That's yeah, look him up, crazy. man. He's, uh, I can't remember his name, but this happened. And it was like, what? Uh, and then also, you know, all of us that were pro three gunners after that time, a lot of us, we all had airsoft guns because we would, you know, train in the house. Tatsuya Sakai. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that's proof of concept. So this airsoft gun, as stupid as it sounds, mm-hmm. all right, does give real feedback. Uh, it's all the same mechanics, all the same yeah. fundamentals. And, uh, well, that's when you're a, training a new shooter, dry fire is like the most. Right. It's the best thing you can do, right? Because right. you don't get the. You can. You, you have to work a little bit to overcome the anticipation of the fucking uh, recoil a little bit. That's right. a problem. But aside from that, well, the thing, and like, then right. target reacquisition after firing and shit like right. that. But those are like that's just repetition. Right. To, to get the fundamental skills, I don't think you need to be firing a real guy. I tell everybody, like <clears throat> new gun owners especially, if you go by, go to the gun range test all the handguns right, right? anything that kind of yeah. fits in your hand test them all whichever yeah. one feels the best that's the gun you should buy i don't give right. a fuck what it looks like 100%. or whatever who made the motherfucker yeah. who cares um and then take it to your house put dummy rounds in it watch tv and fucking aim that thing at people's faces on your tv and squeeze the trigger rack your round do your fucking malfunction drill do that for a month before you ever go to an actual range right what's well, one of the things like with the airsoft gun all mm-hmm. the shit the, the slide moves so yep. when you shoot it like the little sights move Load and unload. All right. That's one of the scariest things to teach, like, total new guys. Yeah. Right? We learned that shit in the Army where, you know, people beating you with a stick if you did it wrong. And, yeah. you, know, you never had real bullets anyway unless yeah. you were All this bullshit. For a new gun owner, that's actually kind of horrifying. Like, some dude in his 30s or 40s, never touched one, goes to the store, buys this shit, comes home with it. The odds of a, a fuck-up are very high. Very high. All right, but you give him a training tool that loads and unloads exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. All right, worst-case scenario, he shoots his Ming vase. He's out a couple of dollars, but nobody yeah. died, including him. Yeah. Uh, combat reloads are not the same as reloading at the range after your slide goes back. You know right. I mean? Like if you're, especially when you're getting into more advanced stuff, like I, I want people to reload administratively. Uh, what, what's the phrase they used to use? Um, AWG used to fucking hammer this shit all the time. Uh, reload when you want to, not when you have to, I think was the phrase, something like that. Which, <laughs> was, that know, was, was that for, a Mike Pannone special? It may have been, yeah. <laughs> for people that have been in gunfights, that makes a lot of sense. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but reloading when there's a round still in the chamber, when you're not racking and stuff like that, I, I've seen people forget and like yeah. keep your finger off the trigger, asshole. Man, it's easy you know to fuck mean? up. But it is, it, is, it is easy, right? That's why like, People like this kid probably had thousands of hours, right? Yes. By the time he actually did some shit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's all it is. Yeah. Like you can turn people into a gun gunfighter, man. Not you can't you can't build the attitude. I don't think. I don't think so. Like the ability to operate under pressure like that, it just it gets revealed. I think. I don't. I don't think you can yeah. build that. But the the marksmanship skills are not that hard. Frankly. Right. Yeah. And uh, you've been to sniper school. That's a little bit more difficult. But even that. The moving around part is what fucks people up, I think. The shooting, you can learn. You know, actually, the shooting was the hardest part for me. Well, why do you, do you think it's... Did you have bad habits from before? What do you think it was? I just think that uh, I didn't have a lot of habits because I didn't really... Mm. I kind of grew up shooting, but not really. Mm. Like, you know, I had like a you know a gun when I was like a bullshit brownie 22 when I was like 11 that lived under my bed. Uh, and then as soon as I turned, like... My dad didn't like to go shoot. So mm. when I turned 16, you know, then my allowance became like, you know, fucking... 22 ammo, but yeah. I had no formal training and I still didn't shoot that. I thought I was shooting a lot. I wasn't shooting shit mm. uh, when you get right down to it. So I didn't have a lot of experience, uh, really. When I went to the Marine Corps, man, this is, uh, this is fucking embarrassing. I actually qualified with the goddamn pizza box first time. 
the uh, the pizza box of shame, which is the uh, lowest marksmanship you can get a fucking basic training with. Uh, so that was. That I was think horrible. it's basic rifleman. Is that what it's called? Well, in the army, I think it's called basic marksman. Okay, basic. for us, it's uh, it's expert sharpshooter and marksman. Marksman being the last one. Yeah, marksman. That's yeah, right. Marksman. So it's square. One, yeah. So it is the pizza box of shame. Yeah. Uh, so I was not fucking good at shooting, and uh, then I managed to you know get into sniper school. And I did the you know expert qual twice bullshit mm-hmm. to get in. And I, the first time, so I went to both. I went to the Marine Corps Staff Sniper mm-hmm. School as well as SODIC. Marine Scout Which one's school. better? Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's a long discussion. Mm-hmm. They're very different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Which which team are you on? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I've <laughs> I've heard both, actually. But it, it would honestly depend on the year. The, mm-hmm. uh, the Marine Corps, I would say that their their field skills in a lot of way were, were higher, but they were also... That was like a very much a gateway thing. Mm. That, uh, I've heard that. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that it's you're going to learn more classic skill in the Marine yeah. Corps, and then you're going to learn more updated, probably a lot more urban stuff. And so it's it, very true. Yes, as well as you know, when you go to Sodic, you're dealing with guys that are either already been in Ranger Battalion yeah. a long time, they're a long tab SF guy or Delta Force, whatever. Uh, so you can get away with to a degree skipping some of that. But uh, anyway, that's the uh, the difference. But uh, yeah, I mean, I qualified by like my last bullet in Marine Scout Sniper School. So you know, I'm not doing well at this. Uh, this is obviously a fucking weakness. So I worked on it a lot over the years. So that by the time I got to Sodic many years later, with a very similar marksmanship mm. standard, you know, came within a couple of points of the uh, the course record. Mm. Uh, that's actually one of the reasons that I like teaching now is mm. I've learned how to stop sucking. So. I feel like I can pass that on very well. What do you think it was that was fucked up? Just not enough repetition? Just or fucking Was there everything. something specific? It was, uh, it was both bad re- lack of repetition. Mm. Uh, back, in, back in those days, too, there was a lot of things that proved to be myth and bullshit with long-range mm. shooting. Like what? Oh, fuck. The way you clean your gun, the way that you relax into the gun and mm. uh, you know be surprised by the trigger, all that's bullshit. Mm. Uh, in fact, right here in Austin is the guy that changed it, uh, old Todd Hodnett, uh, as we call him, Sniper Jesus. Mm. Uh, and he he influenced the shit out of the sniper world because uh, he started winning competitively. But he approached it as an older dude of uh, just one of those kind of unique mindset guys of what if everything everyone else thinks is total horse shit and uh, there's a better way to do all mm-hmm. this stuff. And he was right. Uh, now, a lot of times those guys fail, but he was absolutely correct in everything that he did. So honestly, just uh, two weeks with him, which I got to go to before I went to Sodic because uh, my, my new ODA and third group was going there. That changed the way I shot. Uh, so there's also something to be said for the ability to recognize when there's actually a superior technique mm-hmm. and not just some horse shit. But yeah, that changed everything yeah. for me. Well, we went from we went from grabbing our magazine to grabbing a Ford Assist to wrapping our hand around the barrel within the course of what, like seven years, maybe. Right. I mean, it, it was pretty quick. Oh, now, fuck. granted, we were getting lots of reps. Right. At, at both in training and, and overseas, but. It, it happened pretty fast. It did. To it really be honest, did. I mean, it, military stuff changes over a long period of time. Except when it changes over a fast period of time. Yeah. Except with like close yeah. quarter battle. Close quarter battle changed mm. more in the years, you know, 2002 to 2005 than mm. it did 40 years before that and probably ever since then. Mm. Yeah. And is that something you train as well at CQB or do you, is it mostly I, marksmanship? I've done it before. I've trained like SWAT teams and shit. I took mm. a team to the SWAT Olympics uh, like 10 years ago. I've really gotten away from the CQB stuff, though, because I just don't feel like it's that relevant. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it kind of has a little bit of bearing for, like, a home defense thing, but yeah. really, like, come the fuck on. You're not going to miss it three feet. Like, it might not be, you know, a perfect, you know, hostage rescue shot group, but really, who gives a shit? It's going to work. Uh, yeah, there, I, there's just some strategic stuff you can teach that doesn't require repetition, like uh, the difference between 
a kill shot, an incapacitating shot, for example. Like if, right. you're, if somebody's on PCP and you're shooting them in the chest, they're not going down, shoot their fucking hips out, and they're not going to be able to move right. then, you are they? But you can tell somebody that. Right. You don't have to necessarily – well, it does help to train maybe with paintballs and have a guy in a gorilla suit coming after you. Right. So you can actually see right. how it feels to go through that progression, but it, you don't need to go to a shootout for that. Right. And, hey, we live in America. Uh, you can shoot through sheetrock. Yeah, fucking true. crazy. Yeah. I know. Uh, because of that, I mean, actually, that's one of the things that, that kills me about CQB as well. And this is actually kind of painful being like a, you know, arguably like a, I taught it for Special Forces, mm-hmm. being like arguably like a 37th level paladin fucking mm-hmm. CQB guy. A lot of the shit that we got away with, we got away with because of the construction in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah. Walls are basically bulletproof. Yeah. Uh, interior rooms, a lot of times you can still throw a live hand grenade. Yeah. And You're not throwing hand grenades into an American No, house. no, no, no. That's it's why the be... ATF kills your dog with a flashbang instead. <laughs> right, exactly right. So, uh, I, I mean, I feel like to a degree also a lot of things that we know are, are semi-not applicable. Mm. Uh, as well as just... I, I really want people to start using rifles the way rifles were intended to be used, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, at some fucking distance. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I, the- I, I do. I've been, I think this might be a controversial opinion, but I've said a lot of times over the years that I would rather clear my house with a handgun than a rifle. <gasps> Just a little bit easier God to fucking maneuver God around. God you know what I mean? God damn it. I'm, I'm having, my, I'm having the eye twitch right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I just, I guess with an SBR, it's better, you know? But I, like going in with a musket, like the Marine Corps used to do, with the fucking oh, buttstock sitting up on top of your. I was there when shit. we were doing that shit. Fuck yeah, that, man. That, that, no that way. Awesome. I would pull my. I, I, not, I probably wouldn't pull a, a P ninety two though. <laughs> those things are pieces of shit. But uh, or at least the ones we had, they were so goddamn old. I think they were from Vietnam. Uh, yeah, probably not that. But I don't know, man. I like with, with a. So I've got a couple of rifles. I've got a shorter one than this that I probably would clear a house with. Um, this is, fuck, I don't know what that is, 13, I think. Oh, okay, but yeah. I think I've got an 11 that I would clear a house with. Oh, dude, how about, can, how about the uh, maximum defense 5.5 and 7.62 by 3.9? Yeah. Kill yeah. them with the nice. if you miss them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. Yeah, I like those. Actually, I bought one of those um, one of those perimeter defense things that you put a 12-gauge round Oh, those are cool. Yeah, those are righteous. And just drag its fucking breath in every one of them. <laughs> 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 I kind of want to, like... Rig something up where it squeezes lighter fluid onto the guy and then pops him with dragon's breath. You know what I mean? I hope you're insured by someone besides USAA. Uh, they're, I, yeah, they're terrible. How, how, you were bitching about them on, uh, on Twitter the other day. Well, I was. It's directly related to your uh, dragon's breath of lighter fluid. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck anybody else, you might be all right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what what's uh, I've I've only heard bad things about them lately. To be oh, honest, oh yeah, they've uh, it's been it's been crazy, man. So uh, my personal my personal story, r- real quickly, lost my house in uh, January 2020 to a house fire, right? Mm-hmm. And through a twist of fate slash TBI, I was double insured. Uh, I had a USA because I've had them for 20 years. My mm-hmm. wife had American Modern Insurance Group. When you're double insured on a big thing like that, you don't get paid twice. Each company is responsible for half. You know, like okay. I said, like I said on Twitter, unless it's you know World Trade Center seven, apparently, but that's neither here nor there. But so with access to the exact same data, exact same whatever, AMIG paid their half a long time ago. But it uh, turns out that won't pay off a house. Uh, so and there's nothing you can do with the money until the other half gets paid. And uh, USA is uh, still dragging their feet after all this time. Uh, so you still haven't been paid. Correct. Which is uh, very exciting. When you pay $80,000 worth of mortgage on a pile of ashes, because you have to do that to protect your credit, too. You have to keep, mm. keep paying your mortgage. No. That will uh, that will chap your ass a little bit. 
<clears throat> and uh, are you? Did you file a lawsuit or what? We're getting ready. We're getting ready. I mean, there's there's no choice at this point. We're uh, we're running up on statute of limitations, so we're going to have to sue. Who's the other insurance company? Uh, American Modern Insurance Group. And they were it worked they were out cool. fine yep. with them. Here you go. Yep. Here's your checks on. And what are they saying that? Why aren't they paying it out? I don't understand. They're mostly just ignoring me now. Mm. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get it done. Uh, Mikey Glover was actually bitching about USA. I don't know what the hell they did to him, but yeah, it's, knows, it's been yeah, it's been it's been wild. Who knows? Uh, yeah, there. I and you know Jared Taylor. Yeah, he's he's said the same. I think he left them recently, actually. Um, now, conversely, from the people I know that are second generation USA people, they all love it. Really? Yeah. I, I, maybe they just target us specifically. <laughs> right, 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 right. Although or, I've never had any particular problems when they've been pretty good with me a couple of times. Well, this, is, this is the first major loss I've had. But too. the rates are going way up. Oh, I've heard that too, Co- man. I've heard like people saying that things relative are like doubling. to other insurance companies, and they don't provide any additional service. Like, right. You, you don't. I, and I think, frankly, it's kind of um, offensive. Isn't the right word, but it's kind of a cunt move to say that you're the military or veteran version of something right? and then charge them more for it. It's like, I'm not paying a premium because you use my service. Dude, you didn't, you didn't serve. I know a lot of their employees. That's not what I mean, but what about all the uh, soldiers? They took their COVID checks. Did you ever hear about that one? Like, yeah, man, that was crazy. I just, I I haven't heard that. What what happened there? Oh man. I I don't want to fuck this up because you don't want to get details wrong when they're going to, you know, potentially put you in the arena for it. But it was something to do with, uh, remember when the COVID relief checks came, Mm -hmm. uh, which was, Crazy in its own right. Like, here's, you know, two grand, what the hell it was. Yeah. Well, we just printed it, you know. Right, yeah. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But uh, what were they doing? They were, like, impounding soldiers' COVID checks that had, like, overdraft. It was some kind of crazy shit. Like, they ended up getting their PP spanked for us. So they, uh, they gave it up. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy, whatever it was. And, uh, so they were garnishing... Yes, the COVID government the payments. COVID relief Did, checks. They don't have the statutory right to do that, though. Right? I, I don't remember exactly how it worked out, but they it worked out. They finally had to like I, maybe just in a bad press. They were like, mm. "Ooh, uh, print collar, like my bad." Yeah, I assume that was people who had like checking accounts with them and shit like that, right? Otherwise, I, like how I said, I don't it? remember exactly the detail, but yeah, I believe that was that was how it went. Cool. Um, well, we've got bigger problems than that. Yes, for sure. Like the 5 million illegal immigrants we've allowed into the country in the last couple of years. Now, I'll preface this by saying everybody immediately jumps to look at how many military-age males without families are coming over, but those are also the people most likely to work, right? Fair. Frankly, yeah. so let, let's get that out there. But Senegal and Syria and what the fuck you know what I mean <laughs> right. it's like it used to like when it was Mexican it was like oh they're probably just working right and probably you know. or they're cartels and look I like drugs man come on <laughs> turns out yeah. uh, I'm not I'm not with the human trafficking stuff we'll shut that down but the drugs keep them coming please um, but all these other motherfuckers Chinese people and, and whatever coming into the country like people that we consider to be uh, less than friendly, right? Uh, Iranians, yeah. assholes of those come through, yeah. Like, uh, everybody I know in NATSEC right now, uh, either retired or active, um, thinks that there's something coming. I, I have to agree. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of hard to think anything else, uh, especially after, like, uh, you know, the, remember the power station attack oh, yeah. in, uh, in North Carolina just, mm-hmm. was that, like, six, seven months ago? Yeah. I mean, it's been, this has been going right. on since 2012. They started out in California. I, don't, I, I was living those, there at yeah. the time, and I, right. I responded to some of those because I was working. Oh, no uh, shit. Not, not for government at the time, but the PG&E, the power company oh, yeah. out there was okay. one of my clients, right? Oh, really? Okay. We did all their force, not force protection. We did all their uh, uh, security consulting and shit. Okay, gotcha. But the DOE came in after that and kicked us out, but I, we were there at the time. It was like, some dude just set up a fucking machine gun and fired 300 rounds at this thing and nobody noticed 
Really? Until fucking a week later? Are you kidding me? Right. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyways. Well, so you have that when you have this mm. pattern of they're getting better at it too. Because I, mm. I mean, I remember how much power the one in California used to go, but this one in North Carolina was obviously like it took out a lot of power to a lot of people. Mm. It was at a, yeah. a borderline critical time. People were cold, you know, can't get grow, all this stuff. That's it's like one dude. That's a one dude mission. You know, two at the worst. Mm. Uh, and something that uh, that I said as soon as we started looking at like uh, all these Chinese dudes coming across the border with the, you know matching tattoos or whatever. Okay, it's one thing to deal with, like, cartel nuggets and, uh, you know, for that matter, even, like, you know, Al-Qaeda guys because they're mm. borderline incompetent or yeah, they yeah. spend all their money at a you know, strip club or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we talk about, like, China, though. Yeah. China pretty, is pretty a different. Ant- so let's say that a year ago you took a uh, thousand guys into Chinese SOCOM mm. and you sat them down in a room, highly disciplined, believe in the, you know, the party, all the bullshit, and you're like, listen up, bro. Here's what you're going to do. You guys are going to all infiltrate, and on this one date – pick an arbitrary date, mm-hmm. you're all going to go hit these these targets. And they're yeah. one, two, man, three-man targets, whatever. Even if 50% of those guys went and did it, they could cripple this nation. Yeah. I mean, bring it to his knees. And China is not like the U.S. So their version of Ground Branch, there's no name for it. There's no roster. None of that shit exists. I right. know we say stuff like that because we want to feel cool and Jason Bourne. Like, <laughs> right. there's a fucking list of everybody that's a part of that organization. Exactly. Right? Yes. And China attacks our digital infrastructure every single fucking day. Exactly. No show. Sure. Yeah. Like, that we, we would have, if they just posed as illegals coming over the border, we would have you no never idea. Know. Never fucking know. We would have no idea. China's also hardcore enough. I mean, I, I don't doubt for a second that they've got, you know, camps full of kids that they took when they were like two mm-hmm. years old that appear on no, mm-hmm. you know, nothing, no fingerprints, never seen a, a digital camera in their lives. And it, it, they have them for things like that. Why are we doing that? Uh, why, why don't, you know, sometimes you do fight the way your enemy fights. Right. Russia, Russia does it. China does it. They're Correct. our two biggest enemies in the world. Yep. Russia to a much lower degree. Ru- Russia mostly because they're, they're like... Um, they're like 3M kind of. They don't make. They're not dangerous in their own right. I think, but they make other countries more dangerous. You know what I mean? Um, you can see from the even though they're whipping Ukraine, uh, and and believe me, they've whipped Ukraine. Uh, there's actually a nice map circulating right now. It's like here's the amount of money we've spent on Ukraine, and here's the amount of territory they've taken back, and it's like two little yellow <laughs> splotches. Um, but the Russian military is incompetent as fuck. They're terrible. They still fight like it's World War II. Right. And good enough, fight Ukraine. They're a peasantry. They don't have a real army. Right. You can fight that way and win. Uh, but if they fought a real army, they'd get fucking nuked big time. Not literally, but maybe. <laughs> right. right? Um, China's not the same, though. China's, uh, uh, they're, they're not, their military is not as good as ours. Their air is not nearly as good as ours. No. Ne- neither is their Navy. But um, that, they're a problem, right? But it, I agree, yes. But either, either one of them, from an information operation oh, perspective, are oh, better man. than us, in my opinion. So right? much better. Yeah, they run circles around us. Because they have discipline. Well, one, their 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 regimes last longer than four to eight years, so that <laughs> right, helps, right? Right. Um, uh, their regimes, if you uh, turn traitor on them and sell them, they'll fucking kill you. Yeah, uh, that that helps yeah. actually immensely. But I think there's no question. I mean, they looked at the the what do you call it? The alien program Russia ran for and still runs uh, all this time. Yeah, they've been training kids. Oh yeah, to of fucking course. be sleepers yeah. and shit like that. Of course. Uh, I'm sure China's doing that. Oh, no question. Right. No question. Uh, I, I, it seems unlikely we are. That's just really not our, so, okay. You can't look at this from a perspective mm-hmm. of, uh, the same way that you know, like, okay, people find about area 51 or whatever mm-hmm. the kind of government bullshit. There are certain things that you, that it costs you to have a free society. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of way it is. Now you can counter those, those totalitarian regimes, by I don't know having better better other stuff, 
So I don't think that we can do the direct, you know, one-to-one of, uh, you know, train children from birth to be secret infiltrator ninjas and, and all this shit. But we're just not doing anything well right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of a problem. Well, it seems like, it seems very likely that we're going to get hit. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, uh, and it was like, yeah, I was I, I was making pemmican yeah. last night. Yeah. I was asked what I was doing. I'm like, I'm making pemmican. Right. And she's like, what the fuck is that? So I explained the shelf life and so on. Right. Like, oh my, she's like, oh, my God, what are you preparing for? Because people know that I keep track of this stuff, so they get worried. I'm like, well, I'm, that you should – everybody should be doing this, right? Not, right. Not just because of the current threat environment. It's because – what if there's a natural disaster? What do, you, what do you do if the power goes out for a month? Can you right. feed your family? Probably right. not. I, like, do you have a non-electric can opener for all your canned goods <laughs> right. that you're depending on? You know, you're going to be bashing it against a rock like a fucking caveman. Um, but it does seem like something's coming pretty soon. Frankly, it feels like it. Um, what it, what advice do you have for ordinary folk? You know, people aren't gunfighters. No, they're not. You know. They're okay, not. Man. They're not survivalists either. No, they're we're, not. We're very comfortable these days. Oh, we are soft. We are soft and we are weak. The the biggest thing, man, is something I try to push in both of my survival books too. You know, people always want to talk about. You know, I'm gonna learn how to build a fire and you know, fucking have some beans and rice and some bullets and this other bullshit. And this shit is important. Okay, not taking away from that. But the most important thing that everyone misses is you have to have community. You have to have buddies. You have to have a fucking team. And you cannot be the lone man survivor, Charlton Heston motherfucker on the side of a mountain, and uh, you're just going to walk this no. one off, dog. That's, uh, that's not a winning strategy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because yeah. some group is going to come fucking oh, fuck yeah, you up and take your you stuff, up. dude. Yes, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I say that in you know, books where I say to people all the time, like, look, man, resume deep. Like, I'm Commando Steve the fucking universe, man. Yeah. Like, there's, there's like, a, a limit to everyone. Yeah. And it's, it's actually not as high as you would fucking think. No. All right? No. Having, I got to sleep sometime, it turns out. Yeah. Like, unless I can yeah. have, like, a whole big pile of meth. Like, it's going to have to be huge, though. Well, yeah. And I guess I'll last that long. Yeah, we can find that. But, but I'm sweet. <laughs> Cartels. See, we're back to yeah, yeah. full circle. But uh, you got to have friends, man. Mm. You got to have buddies. And uh, you also can't learn everything. Man, like, I don't care how smart you are. Like, you can't be... Jason Bourne's not a real dude because you can't speak Mandarin, be a doctor, an MMA mm. fighter, sniper, all this other... All this shit. You can't be all of it. Yeah. You got to have some people that have some other stuff and your brain trust. So I think that's the biggest thing right now, man. It's like, don't... Okay, have some supplies. Don't spaz out. Don't max out your credit card like it's fucking Y2K. Mm. But uh, find some buddies. Organize a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to, be, again, be, you know... The end of the fucking world is coming. But, hey, how about if we got ready for, like, Katrina? It's hurricane season. Like, yeah. What would we do in a Katrina-type event? It's, it's our thinking that way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, have a group of friends with a plan. That seems yeah. like a good idea. You can go on Amazon, and for about 100 bucks, you could buy a, a piece of equipment called a Zaleo, right? Yeah. And it basically turns your this little phone into a satellite phone. I've got one. They're awesome. Right? Yeah. yeah. And you can communicate with each other, even if... If there's an EMP, as long as your fucking shit doesn't get fucked up specifically, right. all the cell towers go out, you can still communicate with people, yeah. right? I think that's probably important to, to have, right? Um, what about uh, 
What about food? Like you were just over at Tucker's house, Tucker Max's right. house the other yeah. day, or yesterday, I guess. I today. was, yeah. Um, he's he's got his own thing set up there, but again, <clears throat> you can build all this infrastructure, but if you don't have a community to help defend it, right? Then your host, some asshole like me, is just going to show up and take it. Right? Exactly, fucking <laughs> you know right. I mean, no, that's one hundred percent true. You know? Um, so what's, what, what's that look like? I mean, how, how does the individual, uh, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, how do you, how do you get involved in something like that and train with people and shit without seeming like some fucking kook militia retard <laughs> in the woods? Because those dudes that are LARPing with all their patches oh, and stuff, yeah, like, man. calm down, man. Yeah. Like I, I want everybody in America to be trained, frankly. Right, me if too. somebody yeah. invades, I want to murder all of them. Right. Yeah. Um, let's be gangsters. Yeah. But you know. Just relax on the Gucci gear a little bit. Right. You know, learn some functional stuff. Turns out you can fight without a first group plate character. You can do it. You don't, Maybe you don't want to, but you can do it. Yeah, no. It's, uh, I miss Paraclete, to be honest. <laughs> I love their stuff back in the day. You can't right. find it anywhere. Right. You can't find eBay. Yeah, well, probably eBay. Yeah, it's going to be $3,000 goddamn dollars just for the exactly. carrier. Exactly. You pay it was ex-dev ex group fucking price to it, though. It's like a fucking yeah. you know, 900% oh, tax. It's got, it's got real Delta blood on it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no shit. Um, but yeah, it's like... For real, how do you how do you? Because I think Glover does a really good job at yeah, this. He does. He did a great thing with this, that. despite the fact that DHS thinks he's a fucking domestic terrorist or something. Amazing how that works. Right? It, like none of the literature about from that particular group about uh, uh, the readiness group is anything political. It's just right. like, hey, what happens if the lights go out? Right. What are you gonna do? It's like, oh, they're fucking getting ready to. Like what? No, they can say man. exactly the same shit that FEMA says in his brochures, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. a domestic terrorist. Yeah, that makes perfect yeah. sense, right? So I think he does a really good job at that stuff. But yeah. as far as tactical training, I think it is important. Not you don't you have, you have some. You don't need to be clear. Like I agree with you. I don't think you need to be clear in houses. You need to learn yeah. how to set up OPs. You need to learn how to fucking yeah. patrol an area for right. enemies and stuff like that. Basic old school like yeah. ranger school shit. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. And uh, yeah, man, I think that's the way to do it. And how do you how do you get there? That is the hardest question, and it's the one that I got asked the most after uh, after Concrete Jungle and Prairie Fire. People were like, okay, you sure us how to organize this thing, but you didn't tell us how to get the people to do the thing. And to to a degree, we have solved that uh, just recently, actually. And we'll we'll see how well it goes, or if they come and spank my PP for doing it. But uh, I've started via our, our Discord server uh, for uh, our, our Wolf Lodge, which is directly related to my last very fictional book. It's a, it's a book club Discord server uh, called Wrath the Wendigo. So what we did is we broke the country down into different regions, and everybody, when you join that Discord server, you get assigned to a region. Mm-hmm. And the idea was always that everything digital is compromised. It mm-hmm. is. Uh, I'm sure we got like nine or ten feds on the motherfucker right now. Oh, That's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if we're that important. I got like one, though. I, I want to feel like I'm important enough to have one. Well, I know the deal or the Joint Chiefs print out everything I say. <laughs> right. That's, right. That's a fact. You got like 15 NSA guys watching your shit. Yeah. But it, like, it seems like a waste of paper, to be honest. Right. You yeah. can just watch the show. I'm not deleting anything. You right. fucking cunts anyways. Well, my big thing was, has always been like, okay, number one, just... Don't do stupid shit like say we're gonna build illegal machine guns or illegal SBRs or illegal suppressors or kidnap the governor of fucking Michigan. As long as you don't say those things, you're fine. And if yeah. somebody does say those things, tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah, F- get them out of your circle. Like, don't even tell them like this is your warning. Tell them to get the fuck out. Yeah, because people that say stupid shit like that are unstable. They're they're I mean, one or two things, man. They're either a fucking idiot. Yeah. Or they're the Fed. Yeah. yeah. Like that's it. It's it's only those two options. Right. That's and it. you know, it used to only be Feds because 
before Reagan ended all the insane asylums, right. we just threw those motherfuckers into a Which is where room. we should keep yes. them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, but now they're fucking, we have to determine who's who. Right. I just assume they're always a fed. Exactly, me too. You know? But the because uh, you you mentioned the the Whitmer thing yeah there were eight people in the original room right to have that discussion two of them were federal agents and two of them were federal witnesses so fifty percent <laughs> were it's, fucking it's pets, fucking crazy dude. it's absolutely insane yeah. or you know, how many of the Proud Boys uh, leadership actually ended up being feds. Uh, after January 6th, like at, a significant at least amount. Enrique, whatever the fuck his name is, Tariq or whatever. Yeah, whoever the fuck he was. Yeah, is. yeah, uh, yeah. They that that seemed like that seemed like uh, a fishing expedition, and they caught a whale. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like now anybody that behaves, anybody that shows up to a protest, worried that their city's going to get burned to the ground, they're worried they're going to be the next Proud Boy, the next uh, yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse, or somebody like that. Oh, dude, it's a fucking real you know concern. I mean? It's a yeah. very real concern. But that's like battlefield preparation, right? Yeah, that's what you do. You knock out. I, when, when I was having that conversation uh, with that woman the other day, it's like if. There's some attack, whether it's internal or external, meaning internal as in the government or fucking sleeper cells here or external as in like an actual invasion. Mm-hmm. The first thing you would do in America, this is true of every location, but the first thing you would do in America is knock out the energy grid. Yes. Yeah. You have to, right? Yes, fuck yes. Um, so that's the first thing that's going to happen. Agreed. Whether it's the most likely course of events, whether it's a natural or man-made disaster, was going to be the energy grid goes down. Right. So you should be prepared for that shit, right? Yes, 100%. It seems... It seems which which me. also means that everyone that's in your group has to live within five miles of you. Mm-hmm. Like your internet buddies, like they don't mean shit when, yeah. the, when the when the lights go out. They don't matter. Uh, mm. Anybody more than at, at absolute most one tank of fuel away, mm. as well as man, we've all seen post hurricanes or anything like that. If you're not out of the cities before it happens, you you live in the city now. Yeah, like that's fucking yeah. it. It's over. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of people are going to get stuck in city. You you. I would recommend, you know, finding some way of communicating with somebody that's outside of the city to maybe so you can see. Maybe what the, you can you can get there. You can walk out over time, yeah. have some caches yeah. some shit like that. But yes. if you're if you think you're going to drive down 35 to get out of Austin, no, dog, shit goes down. No, that sir, ain't, that ain't happening. But as well as you're not taking your uh, your truckload of shit. Now you've got a backpack as long as you're strong enough to carry it. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's why I make pemmican. It doesn't weigh much. Right. See. You know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, I think 30 days worth of food for me. That's two, and that's 2,000 calories and about 100 grams of protein a day. Oh, nice. Um, is like fucking 15 pounds, maybe. That's legit, bro. Yeah, it's not yeah much. that's legit. But no, it's that's... all it's all meat and fat, so it doesn't weigh anything, yeah, right. which is good for me. Um, yeah, but uh, th- these are things I think people should talk about. Me too. And and you know, to be honest. There are other ancillary benefits from this sort of stuff. You get yes. to you get to know your neighbors and be able to depend on them again. In 1950, if you moved into a new neighborhood, the other families in the neighborhood came over to ask if you needed help or brought you food, right? Because they knew you weren't going to be cooking because you didn't have your shit. Yet. Right. That, that was the fucking standard, right? Right. And it sh- it has to be. It has exactly. to be the standard again. It is. It's the way that nations become great. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said that. Uh, men didn't love Rome because she was great. Rome was great because the men loved her. I agree. Right, And yeah. that starts at the very lowest level. It does. I think, it absolutely um, does. Chad Wright, that crazy Navy SEAL, likes to say that the smallest form of government is your family, right? Yes. So it starts there, and then it you know goes out into your community. So how mm-hmm. well do you actually know your neighbors? Do you, is there, do you even know one See, person in your current neighborhood that you can depend on? And this, I'm, this is a question for the Anis. Because yeah. if you don't, you're fucked. 
this is an absolutely fucking important point too because it it feels weird to use a, a digital medium for what I'm trying to, to accomplish, which is our, you know, our digital wolf lodges with the, yeah. uh, with the Discord server. The entire fucking point, though, is to use that so you can meet people that live around you, like close to you, and you can meet them in real life, and you guys can actually, like, I don't know, fucking train together. Mm. Uh, actually, I don't know, see who lives close enough to each other to actually be in like a neighborhood watch type mm. of thing. All the screens and all the shit, that's one of the things that has ruined us as a nation. Relationships, again, that aren't, physically done in person mostly don't matter. Mm. So that's a good challenge, I guess. Like if you're, because I get asked that question, like what, what, how do you begin? What do you start? Cause it, there's a barrier to entry because I mean, there's, there's so many different. Oh shit. Well, trying to find other people like right now, honestly, in the real world that like wish to know more, if you will, mm. the people that are, are preparing for any, anything, a natural disaster, you know, the caldera explosion, mm. hurricane, whatever. It's it's very few. I most people, most people do not have it together. You can tell that by the fact that they're panic buying after the uh, war in Israel started. Mm. Like, got dudes calling up all the time. Like, I need to get a gun. Like, dude, after like Trump, COVID, summer of love, now yeah. you need a gun. But we still see it, man. It's like uh, <clears throat> after the after the shooting, what two weeks ago. Gun sales surged again. Yes, again. Yes. Like yes, yeah. Man, you gotta. It, it, that part's over. Right. Like th- this reactionary right. stuff is over. You, right. you, you have to be able to protect your your home and your family and shit. I mean, it's just there's no other way around it. Um, and I feel like you're doing yourself a pretty big disservice. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm 100 with it, and this is also maybe it's just the end of empire cycle, but. Mm. It almost feels like, from a from a soldier perspective, like we kept this nation. So all the we played away games for you know 150 mm. years. Our military ended up making this nation so safe, along with our police, who were you know did a fantastic job for 50 years or so. You know, the 20s to the you know 70s, 80s. Mm. Actually, they were great up in the 90s. They kind of reversed course in places like New York, shit like that. But it allowed the average man to get so soft and so weak and be such a bitch that uh, it's it's almost like infectious. And I, I don't know if there's a reverse course from that. I, I would like to. I would like to help as many people as I can, like become more self reliant, get mm. their get their shit together. You you can get tougher. You can get stronger. You can build some of that uh, conditioning to adversity. But you have to want to. Yeah. You have to want to. Yeah, and a good way to start some of those conversations. I mean, it, 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 that's a difficult thing, too. Um, it's a difficult thing because you don't want to sound like a fucking knucklehead. Right. Right. You know, like, hey, man, the world's going to end. You're going to be ready. Cause oh, yeah, you sound like a total dumbass. Maybe yeah. you're right, but fucking nobody's going to listen to that. <laughs> right. Shit. But it is a good, like, ask your neighbor the next time you guys have a barbecue or one of the kids' birthday parties or some shit. Or yeah. the holidays are upon us now, so there's going to be stuff that's going on. I'd probably be like, hey. Um, do you hear about that energy grid attack? What, what, do you guys have a plan? If the power goes out for a month, what are you going to do? Right. Just ask them. And if they don't have an answer, that's going to, that's better than telling them they need to prepare. Like, this is exactly ex- right. This expose, is like, expose them to the risk in their own mind without preaching to them. I think is a right. really good way to do it. No, I agree with that fully, man. It's, uh, it, people need to, you got to have a little bit of either like salesmanship or, you know, can you talk to women? Mm. If you can do either of those things, you can, you can figure out the path to it, to get your neighbors on board. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, approach it with, uh, you know, they're coming right for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We're going to dig foxholes and yeah. little Jimmy sandbox. Yeah. And there's a lot of good resources out there too. So once you ask that first question and they say, 
no and then they come back to you a week or two later and ask you what your plan is because they probably will right um tell them what your plan is introduce them to people like clay um or if they're getting into the homesteading stuff introduce them to tucker max's twitter page there's a Mm -hmm. bunch of good information on there or mike glover or you know if you're looking just for how to harvest and cook meat outdoors fucking meat eaters pretty good at that shit Jack Spearco is good at permaculture. If you're in the homesteading and permaculture right. stuff, there's a lot of fucking dudes out there that have done all the hard work. You know what I mean? They, it's all on paper now. You just got to go fucking look at it. And the thing that's awesome about the homesteader movement, too, uh, you know, a lot of people are turning to that because of uh, economy, too. Mm. Like, okay, you know, I can live in the city and have to make $100,000 a year to live in a bullshit fucking apartment. Or I can make thirty grand a year and live out here in a fucking Connex yeah. box but have, you know, sunshine and, you know, fucking greenhouse. All of that self... No matter where you start in the self-reliance piece, you end up with all of it because it all becomes necessary. Yeah. You, know, you see the necessity of it as time goes by. Yep. Well, look, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate you coming. Tell everybody where they can find you and where they can find your books. You've got like four or five of them now. Five, yeah. No, I appreciate it. Uh, this has been a fantastic yeah. uh, podcast. Uh, all my books are on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most relevant is uh, Concrete Jungle and Prairie Fire, which were survival books, uh, as well as uh, Wrath of Windigo, which is fiction, sort of. Uh, it's it's good mental prep. Yeah, uh, audiobook actually just came out last Friday. Uh, you can find us either on Amazon or wrathofwindigo.com or defiancetraininggroup.com for uh, training specifically. Sweet. Well, look, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate the time um, and uh, enjoy Oklahoma. It's about to get cold up there. <laughs> right. It's gonna suck. Yes, uh, it is. But it's better than being in a city. So who cares, right? That's right. Yeah. Cool, and uh, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime, and thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.